Today is Wednesday, November 8th, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. Yesterday was election day, and first up this morning, we have some results. Ohio voters deserve the biggest headline of the day, having voted yes to amend the state's constitution to enshrine Ohio residents' right to make their own reproductive decisions, including to have an abortion. This should nullify the state's six-week abortion ban, which is currently at issue in the court system. Or perhaps not anymore. And to further enshrine the supremacy of Ohio's electorate yesterday, they also voted to legalize the possession and sale of marijuana for recreational use for people age 21 and older. Puff, puff, go celebrate your reproductive rights. Another big state to watch yesterday was Virginia, where all 140 seats in the state assembly were up for control, and with them, Virginians' reproductive rights. Democrats won control of the state Senate, which will establish a split government at the state level, even if Republicans ultimately win control of the state house. In terms of governor's races, Kentucky's Democratic Governor Andy Bashir was reelected, defeating Republican candidate Daniel Cameron. And as of this recording, we were still awaiting results of Mississippi's governor race. And of course, tune in for more results tomorrow. The Israeli Defense Forces said yesterday that their ground invasion is underway in Gaza City and that troops are in direct combat with Hamas. In what is certainly a change of direction, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu commented yesterday that Israeli forces may control Gaza's security for a, quote, indefinite period, adding, quote, when we don't have that security responsibility, what we have is the eruption of Hamas terror on a scale that we couldn't imagine, though he did not specify what that security responsibility would look like. Meanwhile, the White House has reportedly attempted to dissuade Israel from a lengthy commitment to staying in Gaza, with President Biden telling Netanyahu on Monday that according to a proposal that's being discussed between the U.S., Israel, and Qatar, if Israel were to agree to a three-day pause in the war, Hamas would release 10 to 15 hostages and use the time to verify the identities of the hostages and to deliver a list of names of who they're holding. Hamas also made a statement yesterday that they were ready to release 12 foreign nationals who they're holding hostage, but that they were prevented from doing so due to Israel's military operation, which of course completely tracks. In case you missed it, and no one would blame you, the third Republican primary debate to, in theory, decide the 2024 Republican presidential candidate is happening tonight in Miami. To be eligible to participate in the circus, candidates must be polling at 4% or above and have at least 70,000 unique donors from at least 20 states or territories. And the five clowns on stage will be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. Consider these your Republican understudies. To follow up on yesterday's stats about increasing infant mortality rates in the U.S., a new report from the CDC found that cases of syphilis in newborns have risen more than tenfold over the past decade and by over 30% in a single year. The agency is calling the situation dire. In 2012, there were 335 cases of syphilis in newborns, but over 2,800 in 2021. Syphilis can be passed to a fetus during pregnancy, and though it can be fatal if untreated, the CDC says that almost 90% of infant deaths from congenital syphilis could have been avoided with timely testing and treatment during pregnancy. You'd think that we could at least keep the diseases that we have already solved under control. 
For our final story today, new data from European and Japanese research centers found that last month was the warmest October on record, coming only second to September's heat and keeping us well on track for the Earth to have the warmest year ever. Experts say it's increasingly likely that some data sets will show that 2023 is the first year to have an annual average temperature that's 1.5 degrees Celsius higher than pre-industrial levels, which is kind of widely considered to be the benchmark for irreversible climate crises and utter failure, in case that hadn't been made clear to you yet by, say, the local weather. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.